This is Winning Cures Everything. Here's your host, Gary Seegers. Happy Monday. Welcome back into The Daily Show. I'm Gary, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. You can follow the show at Winning Cures. You can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. Or just make it easy on yourself. Go to the website, winningcureseverything.com. Also, subscribe to YouTube, subscribe to the podcast, leave some comments, leave some reviews, and share the show out with your buddies. We appreciate all the support. We had a good time at Sam's Town on Thursday and Friday for the first two days of the NCAA tournament. It was an absolute blast. We appreciate everybody that came out. We had people from Oklahoma, South Carolina, Texas, Washington, D.C., Illinois. Uh, I mean, you name it, they were there. It was a really, really good time. Uh, we appreciate all of you for showing up. Thank you, of course, for supporting the show. I, I don't know what else to say. It was it was a good time. It was a fantastic couple of days. Uh, we can't wait to do it again. We're only a year away from the first two days of next year's NCAA tournament. So let's uh, let's do a rundown of today's show. We're going to do a little bit of an NCAA tournament recap. Not too much there, but uh, number two, Michael Avenatti. Uh, arrested for a $20 million extortion plot against Nike. We'll get into some of the details on that. Uh, Rob Gronkowski retires from the Patriots. And Alabama fired Avery Johnson, and I'll give you my thoughts on that and uh, and what Greg Byrne uh, stated today in his press conference regarding the coaching search. Uh, as always, the show brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They have got six incredible sports books down there. You can find out information on all of them, along with what else you can do in Tunica, over at tunicatravel.com. Uh, they got everything you need to know, so go and check that out. Tunicatravel.com is the place to go. Right off the bat, NCAA tournament recap. Uh, yes, it sucks not having a Cinderella, right? We, we get that. But the other side of not having a Cinderella is the Sweet 16 is going to be awesome. I mean, you've got some really incredible matchups coming up on Thursday and Friday, and I cannot wait for them. Uh, you got, what, five ACC teams? You got four SEC teams? Uh, I mean, it's it's going to be a blast. The five best games that I watched over the weekend. Number one, and I think this is the same for everybody, UCF and Duke. Now, most everybody, I'd say about 50% of the people in the public, had Duke winning their bracket. But it would not surprise me if more people wanted Duke to lose that ball game just because of all the hype, right? Just because of all the hype. Uh, Marco jumps in, almost had a Taccarella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely we did. The, the UCF-Duke game was fantastic. Uh, it was well played on both ends. Johnny Dawkins knew exactly what he needed to defend uh, Aubrey Dawkins played great. Taco Fall played great. Uh, if they, if there were no disqualification for fouls, I wonder if UCF would have won that game. In the first half, they were plus one with Taco in the game. They were minus nine with him out of the game. Duke could do whatever they wanted to inside with Taco out of the game. It was a fantastic ball game to watch. Uh, that was the most riveting game out of all four days, I think. Uh, next up, Maryland 79, Belmont 77. I thought for sure that Belmont was going to have a better plan going down the floor with the ball with a chance to win late. And they completely crapped it away. They turned the ball over. 
it, it was it was not good. Uh, next up, LSU 69, Maryland 67. Yes, Maryland played in two of my top three games this weekend. Both of them were right down to the wire. Both of them were fantastic games uh, just from opening tip on. LSU found a way to get it done. Tremont Waters, uh, this game, both teams hit big shots late. That was a lot of fun to watch. Liberty 80, Mississippi State 76. This was one of our very few Cinderella moments, right? Liberty not supposed to be good enough to beat Mississippi State. State has more talent, all this kind of stuff. Liberty started hitting shots late in that ball game, and there was nothing State could do. Nothing State could do. So that was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and then finally, you see Irvine 70, Kansas State 64. This was just an absolute battle. Both teams hit threes. Both teams played exceptional defense. Uh, this went over the total. I had the under 120. That was not smart on my part. Uh, but UC Irvine uh, scored. They, they hit way more threes than usual. Uh, I was I, – I loved this. I thought it was great. Uh, I got I to gotta tell you, it was, it was a fantastic, fantastic first few days of the NCAA tournament. No, we didn't get to see a bunch of upsets, but we saw some close games. Uh, there were a lot of games that came right down to the wire as far as the spread was concerned. And while I was not on the winning hand of a lot of those on uh, on Friday and Saturday, or excuse me, Thursday and Friday, uh, yesterday and Saturday, I had pretty good days. Saturday or Sunday went six and two in the games. Now I ended up betting all of the games. No, that's not a smart thing to do. But I had a gut feel for all of them. Saturday, I had no feel whatsoever. I could not figure this stuff out. By Sunday, I talked myself into it. The picks that I gave out on the site went four and one. So you had a winning day on that. Uh, speaking of, I don't have picks for today. So I, I looked at some of the CBI games, the CIT and NIT. No real feel on those. The lines look, I mean, these odd makers are getting really good at these games. So I'm off of that one. Um, but yeah, the NCAA tournament, uh, it was all good. Marco, thanks for the money line parlays. He says, yeah, had two of them yesterday. One that was plus money, one that was minus. Both of them hit with no problem. Uh, very excited about those. Very excited about those. Jump into uh, number two, Michael Avenetti, uh, which and anybody that wants to hear more about the Sweet 16 stuff, I'm going to preview that here in the next couple of days. So I, I haven't had time to look at the numbers yet, but I will, and we'll we'll talk about it because those are right down to the wire kind of numbers. The odds makers have done a really good job on those, and I don't have a feel just yet, but I will. Number two, Michael Avenetti arrested for $20 million extortion plot against Nike. So here's what happens, right? Uh, this lawyer is the same lawyer that represented Stormy Daniels basically against the president of the United States, right? So that's where his name came from, and he gets information on Nike. He goes to Nike with this information and tells them, I need you to hire me to do a quote-unquote internal investigation. And and if you do that, then I will not release this information to the public. But if I do release the information to the public, this is going to cost you a ton of money in uh, market cap, right? So stock market, all that kind of mess. And he doesn't think about the fact that Nike has already been working with the feds on this. So the Nike turns around and tells the feds about it right after the first meeting, Avenetti keeps coming back to him, telling him, hey, I'm not screwing with you on this. You know, we need this done. I'm going to release this if you don't, 
if you don't uh, uh, pay me the money. And then right afterwards, I'm talking, he, he tweets this out. Tomorrow at 11 a.m., this was, uh, this, was da, 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 this morning at 11.15 a.m. Tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern, we'll be holding a press conference to disclose a major high school college basketball scandal perpetrated by Nike that we have uncovered. This criminal conduct reaches the highest levels of Nike and involves some of the biggest names in college basketball. Literally 15 minutes after he tweeted that, uh, he was arrested in Midtown Manhattan at the law offices of Boys, uh, Schiller, and Flexner by FBI agents for this extortion plot. This is, one, I want to know, okay, so the co-conspirator is Mark Garagos. Uh, he's high-profile California profile, a uh, uh, criminal defense lawyer. Uh, he is involved with uh, Jesse Smollett, uh, who faked his own uh, his own beating, I guess, in Chicago by people that were wearing MAGA hats and whatever else. Along with that, I want to know what the Nike information is. One, if the feds already have something on Nike, how do we not already have it? Unless maybe they're bribing the feds or something along those lines. I mean, who who knows, right? This is all just toss it out there and see if something hits. But uh, all of the stuff that came out about Adidas, you are never going to convince me that Nike and Under Armour and all these other companies are not doing the same stuff. How did the feds get the information on Adidas but not on Nike? And if Nike has been working with the feds and the feds are telling everybody that they've been uh, cooperating with everything, explain this to me, right? And so obviously there is something that Avenetti thought that he had on them, and now we may not get to hear anything about it. And that is kind of disappointing because I really wish I would have heard it. Uh, but the the swiftness of that, where he tweets, we're having a press conference tomorrow, and then he gets arrested in 15 minutes, is classic. I absolutely love it. Uh, it's riveting. It's entertaining. I can't get enough of it. Number three, Rob Gronkowski retires. I don't know what the Patriots are going to do now. The three-man team of Brady, Gronk, and Edelman is gone. Uh, Sony Michelle did a, a fantastic job at running back last year, but they don't really have a guy to come in and take over Gronkowski's place. So with Gronk gone, I this is just a guess. If this guy sticks around long enough in the draft, do the Pats take TJ Hawkinson from Iowa? Now, everybody talks about Noah Fant and his receiving ability, et cetera, et cetera, but he's not as big as what the Pats look for. The Patriots, the biggest thing about Gronkowski for them was that he could block. Like, yeah, he can catch, absolutely. We know that, but he was big enough to block people. He was 6'6", like 270 pounds. Well, 265, whatever. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, 6'5", 250, and he can catch the ball just as well as Gronk. And on top of that, He's already a fantastic blocker. Like at Noah Fant was more of their their receiving tight end, but Hawkinson, I mean, he caught seven touchdowns last year. Uh, he had four four hundred ninety receiving yards, something like that. So I, I would I would look at maybe him as somebody that could come in. He doesn't have the uh, the same ego. He doesn't have the same character, the same personality that Gronk does. But maybe the Pats don't need that. We'll see. And finally, number four, Alabama fires Avery Johnson. And, you know, this is something I was talking about for, for three weeks now. 
this was mutually agreed upon. Avery wanted out of Alabama, and, and the rumors are that his wife really wanted out. Uh, and it, it makes sense because his son, who was on the team, is a senior. He's graduating. He's gone after this year. That means Avery and his wife won out. I think Avery wants to get back into the NBA. It's Look, money motivates players in the NBA. And it might motivate players in college, but technically, legally, you can't do that. So this decision was not made based on one game. Alabama wanted Avery out. Avery wanted out of Alabama. It was mutually agreed upon. If Avery didn't want to be fired, there would not be a mutual agreement on this uh, there would not there would not be uh, negotiating the buyout, right? They owe him eight million dollars if he was fired today. They would owe him six million after April fifteenth, and then after that, who knows? My guess is it was probably somewhere around four million. Like they just cut it in half and said, "All right, that works for us." Uh, but Avery, I would imagine, is looking to get back into the NBA and Alabama. With Greg Burns' statements in today's press conference it kind of made a little sense, right? They said they wanted somebody with college basketball coaching background. They wanted somebody that could develop players, which is very telling because that was the biggest gripe that I had with Avery Johnson was that he did not develop players. It felt like players actually regressed. His free throw shooting over the last four seasons was always in the 300s out of 353 teams. His turnover percentage per offensive possession was abysmal every year. He did not develop the players with fundamentals. So the next question is, who is the next coach? Well, Stadium, um, Jeff Goodman, he states uh, he, he's got a lot of different things, right? So his his thing is you take a swing at Chris Beard. Your second call needs to be to Kelvin Sampson at Houston. Uh, it's worth a shot to call Steve Prom at Iowa State and Mick Cronin at Cincy. The other candidates, Nate Oates at Buffalo, Thad Mata, Mike Young at, at Wofford, John Brandon at Northern Kentucky. He used to be at Alabama uh, under Anthony Grant, but I don't know that you would want to bring back somebody that was on a staff that was fired. Uh, Matt McCann, uh, sorry, Matt McMahon from Murray State. Um, you know, I mean, we'll we'll see. He, he helped recruit John Morant. Uh, Wes Miller, UNC Greensboro. Ryan Odom from UMBC. His pick would be Chris Beard. He said, Alabama has the money. I'd make Beard an offer that he can't refuse. He's one of the top up-and-coming coaches in the country. I agree with that, by the way. If they could get Chris Beard, then absolutely. But people don't pay attention to the fact that Chris Beard left a job that he had already agreed to at UNLV. He, he had a job in Las Vegas to go and coach in Lubbock, Texas. And yes, he is outstanding. He's great. But he went to Texas Tech. Like, that's tough to pull somebody away from. And he already makes $3.2 million a year. He just got a contract extension after last season. I would love if Alabama could find a way to get him. I think you'd have to pay him at least $5 million a year. And and if they do, great. But I don't know that, that they want to do that. But we'll see. Uh, who he says they he thinks they will end up hiring is Thad Mata. He said, here's what I know. Mata is feeling better. He doesn't love attention. He would be happy in the shadow of Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa. There's also the fact that Byrne is close with Sean Miller from his days in Arizona, and Miller is extremely close with Mata. Just a hunch. Uh, Sean Miller actually played for Thad Mata at Xavier. Thad Mata got fired from Ohio State. One, he had a back injury 
that was keeping him from doing his job well. And two, uh, he was at Ohio State for a really long time. He's only 51 years old, and he obviously knows how to coach basketball. He took Xavier to an Elite Eight. Uh, He took Ohio State to the championship game and to another Final Four, multiple Sweet Sixteens and whatnot. And he would be fine with being right underneath Nick Saban. That wouldn't be that big of a deal. His ego is not that big. Rick Pitino is not happening. That's just out of the question. Steve Forbes, I don't believe, is happening, although I think he would absolutely kill it. Uh, Mick Cronin, that's been my guy that I wanted forever, but I don't think he's leaving for this job. He would leave for a blue blood, right? Kansas, UCLA, Kentucky, uh, maybe Indiana, something like that. Uh, Duke, North Carolina, whatever. So whenever those jobs open, he might, because Cronin is at Cincinnati. Prom is probably a realistic option. Um, If Dad Mata is not fully healthy and he doesn't want to come back yet, Steve Prom already makes $2 million at Iowa State. Iowa State probably a step up as far as college basketball jobs goes. I think, don't hold me to this, I think he will probably end up staying at Iowa State. They will probably restructure his deal. But if he's got the the strings tugging him back home, I could see it. I could absolutely see it. So the most realistic to me, probably Thad Mata. Uh, The second most realistic, probably Steve Prom. But I would love for them to go and throw a brink struck over at Chris Beard because he is a fantastic basketball coach. He has turned around both programs that he's been a D1 coach at. He's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Probably top 10 college basketball coach in the country right now. Uh, the only thing is you'd have to you'd have to find a way to help him get players, right? And you can do that. I mean, there's there's ways to tell him, hey, you need to bring in some recruiters or you need to get in tight with these high school basketball coaches in the area, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, one of the things is they could actually get him to hire Bucky McMillan, who is the head coach of the high school Mountain Brook, where Trenton Wadford, number 27 player in the country in Birmingham, Alabama, is. You bring him in, maybe you get Trenton Wadford in, then you hopefully re-recruit the uh, the top 25 class that you've already got, or the top 20 class that you've already got in under Avery, and go from there, right? So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I don't expect anything to happen until after the Final Four, and then we'll see from there. And and now we'll eventually talk about the Vanderbilt job, which it looks like John Thompson the third is who they're going to go after, former Georgetown coach. A lot of other jobs going on, but we're in the middle of March Madness, and I'm excited about it. So we'll be back tomorrow. Maybe we'll have some picks tomorrow. I'm going to look at the numbers, see what we got, see uh, see what's coming up down the pipeline. We will preview the Sweet 16. Again, thank you so much for everybody that came out to Samstown on Thursday and Friday. We had a blast. It was a good time. Uh, looking forward to doing something like that again in the near future. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash everything. Follow us on Twitter at winningcures. You can follow me at GaryWCE. Leave a nice review on the podcast. Uh, if you have not subscribed there already, do so. We're on Spotify now. So if you listen to your podcasts on Spotify, we are now on there. Uh, so go check that out. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever your favorite podcast app is. We are there. We appreciate you guys. I love you, Facebook. I love you, Twitter. I love you, YouTube. 
We love you, podcast listeners. We'll see you all again the next go-round. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.